0: Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience.
1: Andrew Slater, welcome to the Center of the Universe. Thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, happy to be here, Paul. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to visit with y'all.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. I appreciate you coming out here to Ashland, first of all. It's not uh, near anything, <laughs> but uh, it, it is nice out here, so hopefully you get a Good view of what's going on out here. I think you said it's the first time you've been this way on 54. Amber.
0: Yeah, this direction. I love it, though. I've been to Randolph-Macon plenty of times with baseball and, yeah. and um, you know, follow their program pretty closely, too. So I love it. It's great, so great you, place.
1: you and I knew each other as kids. You were, uh, you are significantly younger than me. We're we're both adults, so who cares? But back then, you were, I think, in second grade when I was in 11th grade, and yep. I played sports with your brother. Uh, but we've recently reconnected through Tony Simandera. Uh, who I think is a, an outstanding man and a good guy to know
0: Now, outstanding human being first and foremost um, you know we are uh, at rival schools but I think the world of him I really do he's been beating my butt for 13 years and my winning percentage is pretty terrible against him and I like to remind him of that so uh, but I think the world of him have the utmost respect uh, he is all about the kids and does a great job at their school uh, being the head of the upper school, but then just a tremendous mentor and, and a leader on the baseball field. And, you know, they have tremendous teams and players, but they do it in such a good way. They just, you know, uh, I, I, I don't get broken hearted losing to him because they just go about their business really, really the right way.
1: Yeah, I, I knew Tony when he was, I guess, 23, 24, and I was 18, a senior in high school. And he was uh, – yeah, I, I enjoyed being around him. Yeah, yeah, there's no more solid person on earth than Tony.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, very cool. So
1: you're from Richmond, grew up in the city?
0: Uh, let's see. No, I I grew up, uh, my dad uh, built a house over by University of Richmond. I guess that would have been 1981, so it would have been four years old. Actually, I went to St. Christopher's. My brother, of course, graduated from there in class 86, and I went there through sixth grade and then made the transition and went to collegiate school and finished college um, in 1996, I graduated. And uh, so yes, grew up in Richmond, um, and went away for quite some time after college, We're kind of in college, and then after college, and then uh, my wife Samantha and I moved back, shoot, 2008. Um, we had two kids at the time, we have three now, so. All boys. All boys, 16, 13, and 11 when we moved, our oldest was three. And we had like a six-month-old, and uh, Sam, Sambo wasn't wasn't around yet.
1: So we'll come back to this. But you uh, moved out of Richmond for the first time halfway through, or roughly halfway through college. I'm guessing halfway.
0: Yeah, I went to University of Richmond for two years. So graduated in '96. Um, went to University of Richmond on football scholarship. Played baseball as well. Had an awesome, just outstanding experience freshman year. Ended up getting hurt at the very end of my freshman year. Um, had two back surgeries in a short window of time, went back to school sophomore fall. Um, and it's, I forget the timeline, but had my second surgery at some point, I think either November or December of that third semester and ended up not going to school in the spring, just Mm -hmm. did PT, got a job. I worked at YMCA, worked at Olive Garden, just trying to stay busy. Right. Um, and then ended up making a transition from university of Richmond. I, I mean, I, Don't imagine I would have ever left. I was very happy there, Um, but I was pretty uncertain after my second back surgery what my athletic career would look like after that. My brother at the time was coaching at Auburn. I was very familiar with the school, loved it down there, so I ended up going there, um, being a part of the baseball program for three years, two as a player, uh, limited role. I traveled, uh, really fell in love and got a passion for coaching at that point. I think I had 25 at-bats in two years. Mm just banged up and yeah. kind of broken down but had an amazing experience and then was a student assistant coach my last year and that's when I kind of started my coaching journey.
1: Was Tom there the whole time?
0: He was there 99 and 2000 and then he left after 2000 to be the head coach at VMI oh, that's right um, and coach Baird Hal Baird um, who was my head coach there uh, retired after 2000 as well um, you know, he's a hall of fame coach one of the best coaches in the in the country of all time for college baseball and I don't I've never learned more baseball than I did from that man I mean mm. it's unbelievable sitting next to him in the dugout uh, watching you know SEC opponents and watching him manage a game and lead a team it was, it was tremendous how long was he at Auburn I think 16 years okay if I get if I get my math right um, you know, he coached the likes of Bo Jackson, Frank Thomas. Um, you know, go down the list. and Yeah, and
1: 16 years, puts him with Bo and uh, Frank. Greg yeah.
0: Olson. Um, and then, of course, we had some great teams. In 99, uh, we were a super regional team, and uh, we we're in the regionals every year and had a lot of success. So it was, it was an amazing experience.
1: Auburn's been good for a long, long time.
0: They have. They have, and uh, it's just I love the school, the program. Um, I personally had an amazing experience and just the, the big-time athletics down there is really fun, just just as a fan and also to be a part of.
1: Yeah, we'll come back to Auburn. So you played a lot of sports growing up, too, before you went to college. Correct. What were you playing as a kid, mostly? Uh,
0: well, let's see. As a kid, I mean, I always played organized. Soccer was probably my best and biggest sport growing up. Um, I was a real, you know, kind of year-round soccer guy. Um, I loved baseball, basketball. I didn't start playing football till my junior year of high school.
1: That's unusual, right, to not start until that late and then play in college.
0: Yeah, I, I just – I was a goalie in soccer. Uh, I guess I had a good leg back then, and I just – I think one late spring junior year started kind of messing around, kicking the football, and was pretty decent at it because I, I had a good leg. And then I kind of got excited about it, and I started doing it, and I was good at it, and it just kind of evolved from there. and. Um, kind of got to a point, too, where I think I'd played so much soccer that I just didn't think that's what I wanted to pursue after high school. I mean, I finished my high school soccer career, and it was amazing. Played for Charlie Blair. Played for some great travel teams. Um, But I got really excited about the idea of playing football and kicking, punting and kicking, and then playing baseball, and that's what I ended up pursuing.
1: How did you – did you hurt your back playing in a game?
0: No, unfortunately I got hurt in the weight room, and – you know, it was late freshman year. I'd had a, played a full football season, played a full, you know, fifty-six game baseball season, and I was a freshman. I think I was just worn down and probably just trying to do too much in the weight room, and I got hurt. And uh, you know, some a lot of people recover great uh, from the from certain surgeries, and um, I did not, and it just kind of became a chronic thing that I've, you know had issues with had a second surgery and then it's been chronic and kind of dealt with it the rest of my life
1: yeah but you figured out how to cope essentially
0: just try to manage it and take care of myself and you know just listen to your body I think like any athlete or former athlete you learn kind of what you can and can't do I mean I don't I don't run I don't lift weights but I, I try to supplement with other things and try to find a way to stay in shape and you know keep up with my kids and my wife and everybody else
1: so you're you're a great guy to ask this question to your brother because you watched your brother play uh three sports a year at least three sports that that i knew of um and there wasn't this notion of travel anything back then and then it sounds like you were part of the maybe the first generation that traveled for sports whether it was baseball soccer uh basketball whatever are you a proponent of year-round same sport or uh you should diversify your sports or it depends on the kid
0: diversify play as many sports as you can I think there are a lot of different reasons and I'll back up I think any any college coach that I've ever asked that question or professional scout in baseball want kids to play multiple sports Um, you know one the overuse injuries are more and more prevalent now if you're doing the same motion 12 months out of a year whether it's you know, soccer player, tennis player, golf, baseball, whatever it is, there's there's more and more overuse injuries. I think the burnout factor's higher. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, I was a better athlete because I played soccer. I was a better baseball, feel, uh, baseball player as an infielder. My feet worked better because I played soccer growing right. up. Yep. You know, I was able to redirect and run and cut because I played basketball, you know? And so there were things that, you know, I was a role player in basketball, I was probably one of the better baseball players, but I think it's important to kind of be the guy, but also maybe be the role guy or, you know, you know, just basketball is good for hard fouls and being physical (laughs) and, you know, trying to grab as many rebounds as I could and, you know, just kind of get in there and bang around. I I wasn't super skilled at that at all. But so I think there's real value in that. And, you know, uh, I, I played striker soccer, you know, so I guess that was travel before anybody ever said travel. Right, There was no travel baseball. And, you know, everybody like you, I mean, played high school baseball. And if you're good enough, you made your Legion team, you played Legion. And I, there's part of me misses those days because the the games and we've talked about it before the rivalries. Oh yeah, you know you got the best players from Hanover playing against the best players from the West End, playing against the best players from South Richmond and 137 and 186 and They're good 284 games. and 244. And Great games. Those are just tremendous memories for me, um, and just highly competitive. Where now you go into more of a showcase world of baseball and you don't, hell, I don't even know what the score is, right? You're in the sixth (laughs) inning, you're like, when's the the buzzer go off that says the next game's gotta start, you know? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, so I'm I'm absolutely, I think the the more sports, the better. Um, I would say more and more kids are trending. Like my oldest, he plays, he's a two-sport guy. He plays football and baseball. Um, but we were talking about it the other day. I mean, and he wants to play college baseball. But I said, hey, you know, this fall you should focus on being a varsity football player. Yeah. You're, you will have played, worked out all winter, played all spring, and played all summer. Come August, just be a football player and focus on school and worry about that.
1: Yeah. That's absolutely the way to go. And you'll expose yourself to kids and adults that are into football and not into baseball. And that broadens your horizons a bit. I, I would, I would think.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I know there's, there's, people on both sides of the fence, but that's how I feel. I think kids playing multiple sports is a good thing. I think they're ob- overall better athletes, and they, they just learn, learn a lot. And I think the, the overuse injury is certainly a. A real thing these days. I
1: mean, we had uh, Clay Meredith uh, on. He's from the Richmond area. I love
0: Clay. (laughs) Coached on my coaching staff. Okay, yeah. So he he
1: pitched for the Padres, Orioles, and uh, he was drafted by the Red Sox. And he said he would still maybe be playing if he hadn't thrown so much. Right. Um, And his elbow and shoulder just weren't going to cooperate. So the overuse thing is real, especially for pitchers. Absolutely. Yeah, and the burnout thing—I would have to imagine doing anything that often is—is going to get old pretty quickly for most yeah,
0: for most people. I think so. I mean, you know, I got a little burned out of soccer, and I played that more growing up than anything else. You know, and I think I just got to a certain point where I was booting the football around. I was like, oh, "That's pretty cool." You yeah. know, and I liked putting the pads on. And in high school, you know, at a, at a smaller private school, I got to play some receiver and play some D end, and yeah. I just enjoyed it. It was fun.
1: So, when you were growing up, was there anything you did outside of sports when you had? Spare time or free time?
0: Uh, I always hunted as a kid. I love to hunt and fish now. My kids love to hunt and fish. Um, I really, when I got hurt, I really started hunting and fishing even more, you know, because you get to a certain point where you're a teenager or as a college athlete where you just don't have time for much outside of your sport. Um, but I, yeah, I love to be in the woods. I love to hunt and fish. love to just hike. I just like being in the woods. I mean, I've kind of gotten like the old man syndrome, like I'll be deer hunting with my boys and you know be like oh it's it's a, a doe you know it's you know it's like oh, I'm good you know I don't even want to shoot the thing anymore <laughs> I just I just like being out there just yeah. watching it well be,
1: being out there in nature there's something to be said for that
0: yeah for sure so yeah hunting and fishing's always been a part of kind of our family and what we've enjoyed and uh, I've certainly uh, enjoyed that with my own kids too
1: yeah and your dad I guess uh, hunted and fished
0: yeah he was never a deer hunter I didn't get into deer hunting till probably you know junior high school Um, but uh, we grew up you know duck and goose hunting we do an annual quail hunting trip in Georgia that started with me my dad and my brother because we lived in three different areas probably 15 years ago and you know we started at some point bringing my brother's son who's now senior in high school or just graduated and then my oldest started coming a few years ago, and then my middle one, and it's it's a lot of fun. So that's awesome. Yeah.
1: Are there any girls in the family?
0: Yes, there are girls in the family. I have a sister, uh, Tacey. Um, there are uh, Julia is my brother's uh, daughter, so my niece. Um, let's see. My brother had my sister has a son, Thomas, and then I have three boys. So there aren't a ton of girls, but there are girls, yes. <laughs>
1: My family's the opposite. They're, I'm surrounded by women
0: yeah. everywhere I look. Yeah. Right.
1: It, there's good and bad in, in both, yeah, for sure.
0: We're very blessed, so I can't complain a bit. Yeah, healthy is really the most important part. No know? doubt. Yeah,
1: cool. Uh, so I'm guessing baseball is your favorite sport?
0: Yeah, super passionate about baseball. My wife kind of laughs at me a lot because, like, you know, we just had a 22-game season season. I'm on, the, I'm on the field six days a week. I also coach travel ball every weekend. My 13-year-old. I'm the head coach of his team. I do the summer showcase stuff with the older guys. And I'll come home, and I'm, like, watching the SEC tournament, which is going on right now, I'm <laughs> flipping over, watching ACC tournament, trying to, you know, watch NC State because one of my players plays there. Um, so she giggles at me a lot. She's just like, God, do you ever get enough of this? So, so,
1: like, so what is it about baseball that really uh, gravitates you to spend so much time around it?
0: Uh, I don't know I think it's just it's a beautiful sport. I love the rhythm of the sport. I love that you know if you're not someone that's a baseball person, you, I, you know you hear though well it just moves slow but there's so many little intricacies of the game that you're you know'm I'm, and I'm, I love watching other teams play and their style of play and what do they do here in first and thirds and you know I just there're just so many little things to see and to kind of pick up and evaluate. So I, as a coach, I just kind of geek out. I just try to learn from everybody.
1: So it's it's the the detail and the analytics of the detail that you really enjoy.
0: Yeah, outside of just the sport, I think being awesome and just, I love watching great athletes play baseball, you know, and how, you know, how well they can pitch and how well they can hit and how athletic they are in the field. I just, I love it. And I grew up on a baseball field. I mean, I was a bat boy for 361 when I was six, seven, and eight years old. So, I'm surprised I survived, uh, Yeah, honestly. You know, riding around with my brother in the Buick station wagon, late at night, coming back from wherever. Right. Uh, but a lot of good times, for sure. I did take a line drive. I think I was seven or eight. Um, and I took a line, I was catching you know, up in BP. From
1: a high school kid.
0: Oh yeah, I think it was Steve Franklin who was a heck of a player back, I think he went to Freeman. Yeah. And he hit a line drive. It probably went four feet off the ground, and I'm deep left field. You know, I think Donnie Phillips is the coach. Yeah. My brother, you know, it's like, "Hey, just go deep left field. Just, you know, yeah." And I was good enough, I guess, to get in the area code of a fly ball, and if it had enough air under, I could catch it as an eight-year-old, whatever, no big deal. And he had a missile. You know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm like, I'm all over it. Just dotted me right in oh. the chest. To I me, mean, uh, knocked the wind out. Oh, it crushed me. Huh. <laughs> Didn't break hey, it Donnie, out. Donnie and my brother still laugh about it because I think they thought it killed me. <laughs> <laughs> I got over there. I, I guess there's
1: a chance it could. Yeah. Oh, man. What position did you play in baseball? I'll say
0: I was a corner infielder. I was a third baseman in high school, and I pitched. And once I went to college, I was pretty much a third baseman. I played a little corner outfield, too.
1: So do you uh, enjoy playing uh, defense or
0: batting more? Uh, I love to hit. I love to pitch, too, because um, you just got the ball in your hand. Yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't catch a whole lot but I always liked catching too and my oldest is a catcher so I, I wish I had caught more kind of coming C- up. Catching's fun. yeah you're just you're involved every every pitch
1: yeah even if it doesn't get to you right yeah yeah for yeah. sure for sure. Third's a fun position too though.
0: yeah it's what I kind of naturally gravitated towards I, I, I was I was big and slow with heavy feet so I wasn't going to play in the middle of the field so yeah yeah um, but I had a decent arm and decent hands, so that's where I ended up.
1: Were you a power hitter or more of a uh, average guy? Mm, I like uh, to think both. Hitting and, for average, I should. No, I that.
0: like to think both. Honestly, I mean, I, I had, I had, I probably had more raw power than actual usable power if you were evaluating me. Um, but I had some power, and uh, but I also took a lot of pride. In, you know, I grew up. We grew up in the era of watching Wade Boggs and Tony Gwynn, and like. I liked getting hits. Yeah. I liked getting on base.
1: Who doesn't like getting on base, right? You
0: know, so, I mean, you know, just adjusting the swing and the approach to the count or to the situation. I um, feel like we're losing some of that in baseball, especially in pro ball. You know, you're yeah, just, they're just see, trying to launch. You just yeah. see so much more swing and miss. And I, I can't, I don't like the shift, all the shifts. And you got three infielders over on one side of the field. I really hope they modify that and, at least make, you know, two guys stay on one side of the field and the other two on the other cuz I mean, your guys are guys are actually having good at bats and hitting a missile up the middle of the field and the in an infielder, I don't even know which one is standing there and just throws them out, yeah. you know, and it's like it's uh I don't like all the shifting personally. I just think it it it's the the averages are going down, the offense is going down. There's so much data now. You know, it's like they know exactly where guys are going to hit the ball if they hit it on the ground. Yeah. Right? And I don't know, to a certain point, I mean, I like the old, like, hey, let's, as a manager, as a coach, sit in there and, like, knowing my guy's stuff and then reading the swing and evaluating the swing. And if he execute his pitch here, he's probably going to hit it in that vicinity. Right? Um you know, must feel like that's kind of gone, and they're just looking at a chart saying he will hit it here, stand there.
1: Does that are, are they charting it based on the type of pitch and the location of the pitch, or is it just the, the hitter uh, against a lefty versus a righty? He's definitely going to.
0: Oh, I think they have access to so many resources now; they can do whatever they want. Um, that,
1: that gets boring if it's if it's too predictable. It's it's not right. It becomes less fun.
0: Right, for sure for sure. Well, that's not
1: happening on the high school or college level. Well, maybe at the college You're level. You're
0: seeing some high schools starting to shift more. Uh, nothing extreme. Um, you know, I mean, we – we I would say we shift our outfielders a lot, and we pull them, pull them on strings, almost like a zone defense. But nothing crazy. I mean, we don't have our, our third baseman playing shortstop and our shortstop over and – Playing behind second. Behind second, second base. Yeah. And, the, you know, we don't have anything too crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, the – the outfield thing, that that's traditional. That, mm-hmm. that makes sense to me. But the infield moving around like that. Maybe nudging a couple of feet, but not really moving any more than that. Right. Staying on second base just doesn't make any sense.
0: No, nah, I don't like it. I don't think it's good for the game personally. But no one's asking me, and I don't think they will anytime soon. Well, but you are a coach, so you get to have uh, yeah. control of, of your team anyway. For sure. Yeah. For sure.
1: So, uh, are you, is that what you're going to do, you think? you Be the ball coach and be involved with baseball until you just can't do it anymore?
0: I don't know. I mean – I, I, love, I love mentoring kids, I love coaching and developing a team. Um, I have no plan uh, uh, outside of coaching baseball. Um, I am getting my athletic administration degree, I'm finishing up, I've got two classes left. So that's certainly an avenue I have some interest in. Yeah. Just having been involved in athletic departments between, I mean, University of Richmond, Auburn, Western Kentucky VMI and then 13 years at the high school level. Um, I could certainly, if I wasn't coaching, I could see myself in athletic administration in some capacity. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see where things take me. I'm incredibly happy right now. I mean, my kids are, one of my kids is playing for me. The other two will in the next whatever six or seven years, whatever my youngest has left. Uh, so I'm, I'm in no rush. I'm in a good spot. Yeah. And, uh, Love what we've done with our program over 13 years. Um, You know, we were fortunate enough to win a state championship in 2016. That's cool. We've won a lot of baseball games and we've done it with just outstanding young men. And they, you know, this year's team was the youngest team I've ever had. And I had a blast coaching them. One, because we lost last year. Um, But two, just because they showed up every day and they're hungry and they wanted to get better and they worked. And, uh, you know, we we just had a good time. And, you know, we were twelve and ten. We were, you know, not not one of my best teams, but it was uh, it was it was a great season. And I think season was a big success.
1: Well, I, I did this with Tony, uh, and of course, Tony had the the benefit of it being the baseball season that didn't happen, and so memories were fresh. And you know, he talked about his seniors for that year. Uh, how many seniors did you have that missed their their senior year baseball season?
0: Oh, geez, uh, we had seven last year. We had five this year. Um, I'm pretty sure it was seven last year. And, uh, yeah, it was tough. It was a tough pill to swallow because we were really equipped with a really strong team, too. I mean, we had two, two that are playing Division One football, one at Wake, one at Northwestern that were just great baseball players, and another one that's a uh, pitcher at JMU. So, I mean, we had three Division One athletes out of those seven seniors. Wow. And some really good players around them as well. And we, we it was going to be one of our stronger clubs we had had probably since that 2016 team. Yeah. So, we were really excited about it. Um it's remarkable and I mean Tony and I've talked about it, Sean Ryan, good friend of mine for Benedictine their head coach, we've talked about it and the the this year there was such a huge learning curve for all of our teams, whether you were experienced or not, just because we lost a year programmatically. Yeah. And I think that's nationwide, it's around the state. So I mean it doesn't make it unique to us. It just it was uh it was very interesting because it was like, Man, we haven't been here in you know, however many months, oh, you know, and like we, and twenty, twenty-one months. You know, yeah. these these guys. I mean, I had guys that were sophomores this year that were going to be with me as freshmen, and they didn't get any of that experience. So they're basically freshmen, you know. And I got juniors that would have been first year on a on a Varsity team as sophomores. They got no Varsity experience, and again, like all these kids are playing travel ball, but it's just not the same. Yeah. You know, it's not the same intensity. That's not the same moments. There's not as much game strategy and those, you know, summer kind of experiences. You're just kind of playing baseball, right. where, you know, uh, so.
1: You're not dying to win like you are for a, your school.
0: Oh, no question. And, you know, just uh, – but we, we got a lot of good experience this year. It was great. It was an awesome group of kids. They got after it every day and had a great attitude, so it was good.
1: Yeah, and it's even the, those kids that were juniors for the 20 season, that they, they missed the, their junior year of baseball. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess the the, uh, the tough part for a lot of these kids that miss their senior year, a lot of them aren't going to play baseball after high school. Uh, yeah, and I remember, and I was one of those kids. I played in high school and didn't play after high school, and I I fondly look back to that my last season playing in high school.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it was just, it was just such a it was an incredibly tough spring on so many levels. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, everybody's stuck at home and no one, you know, I mean, I shoot, how many months? I mean, we went. I don't even like going back down that road thinking about it, but, you know, we went, you know, March, April, May, and I was like, the only one that left the house for three months, you know, go get the groceries, and you're wiping the groceries down, and it was just such a, such a, such a odd time in our lives, and, you know, for us, at least for our family, we just tried to keep things as normal as we possibly could, and not press the panic button, and just... Focus on being together as a family, and we spent a lot of time outside, and we hiked a lot, and we did a lot of turkey hunting, and we fished a ton, and just tried to make it as a normal of experience for our kids, um, you know, because you got to a point, too, I'm sure, but, you know, we all just got tired of watching the news. Yeah,
1: you know, M- just... M- mental health is hard, oh, too, man. you're not uh, doing anything different every day.
0: Yeah, but, um, no, nah, I mean, it was, it was tough. It was tough for for the for the parents to not see their kids play their last year it was tough for the kids cuz they you know loved baseball and were passionate about the program and knew how good we were going to be so it was tough on a lot of fronts but that's and you know it bled into this fall and this winter I mean we were real limited with what we could do but fortunately we were in school all year which was a real blessing and great and um you know, the, kid, the resilience of the kids has just been amazing. So when we got to play this spring and all the spring sports played, it was just that's, like, man, this, awesome. is, this is awesome. Was, you know, you finish an incredibly tough year on a very high note, and the, the, the boost in morale, at least I saw around campus, was tremendous. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, everybody just felt better. It felt right. It felt normal.
1: Yeah, you get to be around people uh, in a way that feels good to you and it feels – like uh, you're connecting with those around you, uh, like you did two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So I'm bouncing around here a little bit. Uh, how long were you in Western Kentucky? At-
0: <laughs> Three years uh, with my good friend Chris Finwood, who's a head coach, and have an amazing year at Old Dominion University. ODU. Um, I loved it. I mean, I we had a outstanding time. We kind of went there, and we were in the midst of kind of had to rebuild the program a little bit. Um, they historically had had some success, but they were they were not real strong when we first got there. And we had a great uh, great run, or I had a great run, and then Finney st- obviously stayed on. Um, and uh, my last year, we went to the regional at Oklahoma State. We won the Sun Belt, and just had some awesome kids. Man, had some awesome kids, and had a great experience. And uh, it was one of those life decisions for me where uh, I was kind of looking down the road, thinking, you know. I mean, bottom line is my kid was three. You know, as a mid-major baseball assistant, I don't know if it's changed a ton, but back then, I mean, I was a recruiting coordinator, I was, I was in it, but you know, you're not making a ton of money, you're traveling, you're gone all the time, your wife's working, you got a little one, and I had another one on the way. And uh, I had talked to uh, Charlie McFall, our athletic director and head football coach at Collegiate, you know, along the way through the years, we just kept in touch with each other. And he had just said, hey, you know, if you're ever interested in coaching at Collegiate or coming back, just, you know, and it just kind of evolved from there. I was just kind of got curious and we started talking and that's how it kind of evolved. And so for me, professionally, best decision I ever made, because I've been able to be a dad for the last 13 years and be home a lot more than if I was, you know, still coaching in college. There are things I miss about college baseball, and I absolutely loved it. And, you know, people ask me all the time, would you ever go back? And it's like, I'll never say never, you know. But at that time in my life where I was then, um, I wanted to be home more. We wanted to be around. And, and uh, to the point we were talking about with family, too. I mean, we were 13 hours from any family that we knew. Yeah. So, you know, my, Samantha, my wife's a little bit on an island, you know, trying – she's working – in trying to raise a three-year-old, and I'm, I mean, I had a stretch where there were sometimes I was going for 14 straight days mm. um, between recruiting and you know three-game series in Louisiana Lafayette, and then bouncing over here to Miami to see a kid, and I was just all over the place. So, yeah. you know, and it's been great. So that's how it kind of evolved. But I loved my time there, and Finney was great to work for and coach with, and Wood Seelig, who's a uh, Virginia guy, who's the AD at ODU now. He mm-hmm. was our athletic director, so they gave us tremendous support and resources, and we had, a, we had a great great run, and Finney did great things after I left. I mean, they they rolled for a number of years.
1: So you did three years at Auburn, and then from Auburn you went to VMI?
0: Yeah, I was at VMI for four years with my brother as the head coach, Marlon Eikenberry, who's the head coach at JMU um, as the assistant, and myself, uh, and that was awesome and absolutely loved it. And uh, again, just recruiting and brought in some great kids, great student athletes that are, they were kids then, they're grown men now, married with, with their own children. Right. And we had a lot of success, and you know, they, it went from not having a facility really at all, I kind of had a field, to Gray Minor Stadium now. It's just, I mean, it's a beautiful venue, beautiful stadium, they got a great locker room. Um, they didn't have
1: a fence back then. We when had you... a
0: fence, and we had uh, we had a fence in a field. Okay,
1: but <laughs> it was a, a permanent fence at least.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes. But it was uh, it was it was pretty pretty barren to say to say the least. But uh, it's beautiful now. And Jonathan Hadra, who we coached, and then who coached with me, and then went with me to Western Kentucky. He's one of my best friends. He uh, he's the head coach there, has been shoot for six or seven years, doing a tremendous job. Um, so I've had just I've had some amazing experiences between the kids I've coached and uh, programs I've been a part of, and it's um, I, the baseball journey of it's been just tremendous. I mean, I was a part of the CAA as a player, I was a part of the um, SEC as a player, and then as a coach, I was a part of the Southern Conference, then the Big South, then the Sun Belt. Um, I've just been really fortunate to have a lot of exposure to. Great baseball programs, great baseball people, and uh, have really benefited from it myself as as a coach and, you know, like to think mentor of young men. Who was
1: the head coach before you at Collegiate?
0: Uh, Tommy Knuckles, who works for Tony and does a tremendous job, and he did a tremendous job at Collegiate, and he's a pitching coach there and runs the uh, Virginia Breeze program and Hmm. just a great baseball coach. He does a tremendous job.
1: Yeah, he's got a uh, pretty powerful name around Richmond.
0: For sure, yeah. for sure.
1: That's awesome. Uh, all right, so let's go back to football. I didn't realize when you said you played football that you were a kicker until today.
0: Um, did you, you think of me? Yeah, you're looking at me differently now. You thought I was like a DN yeah. linebacker. Or like a middle, middle, a middle linebacker guy. or something. Right, yeah, 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 yeah you're yeah. a kicker, okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, it's all good. Uh,
1: so I'm curious, did you did you start at any point as a kicker?
0: Yeah, I started at Richmond, um as a uh, as place kicker. so uh, As a freshman? As a freshman, yeah. Wow. Uh, we were really fortunate. We had a guy named Mike, Mike White, who had a great career. He was our starting punter, and he did kickoffs, and I did all the place kicking my freshman year. That's unusual. Um, yeah, yeah. He was he was really good. I think he went to L.C. Bird. He was a heck of a kicker, a punter, kicker, whatever. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I started freshman year as a place kicker, and then um, played baseball in the spring.
1: Okay, and the, you played just the one year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was in the program for two years, but yes, uh, I was hurt the second year. Yeah. So actually, like, yes, in-game, yes, one year.
1: You, you don't like talking about yourself, at least not in a braggadocious way, but do you remember your stats from your freshman year as a kicker? Uh,
0: yeah. I, I don't know why. Um, I think I. I, think I <laughs> it's funny. I think I had almost as many – I'll say this. We had an un- – Jim Reed's a hell of a football coach. He, just, he retired recently. And if you look up Jim Reed, I mean, he was amazing. And he's the reason I went to University of Richmond because he sat in my living room. I was like, I will do anything for this guy. <laughs> like, he's, he's awesome. There's
1: some guys that are like that. Oh, right? man. Yeah.
0: He's tremendous. And he did an unbelievable job at Richmond and, you know, just had a ton of success. And, and uh, I was his – I was part of his second recruiting class. So his first year at Richmond, you know, the year before he had gotten there, they weren't very good. They were sub-500, and they won, like, seven games and, like, really overachieved. But he was a smart guy, too, because he got there, and I think he he realized, like, all right, you know, uh, who are my most athletic dudes? And he was a defensive-minded guy, always has been. And, uh, you know, I think he tried to put as many great athletes on defense as he could. And we, my first year, our defense was absurd, I mean, ridiculous. I mean, Sean Barber at linebacker and Mm. Mark Magna. I mean, the two guys played in the NFL. Art Blanchard. I mean, you just had these guys that were all-Americans, just unbelievable players. And and that's just three. I mean, there were a bunch of just studs around them. And we literally would lose every game by, like, a field goal. And, I mean, it was crazy. And so we're 2-9 and with this, like, top-five rated defense in the country. It's unusual. Uh, we, we just couldn't score any points. I mean, I literally – I think I had 13 field goals on the year, and I think I kicked 15 extra points. So I had almost as many field goals as we scored touchdowns. Wow. Um, so anyway, but it was it was great. I loved it. I mean, it was, you know, we were in the – I guess it, it was the Atlantic 10. It wasn't the old Yankee conference. But, you know, I went to New Hampshire and played in the snow and froze my tail off. You know, we played in the snow at VMI. Um some really cool trips went to boston back-to-back weekends boston and northeastern uh it was, it was a great experience i mean I was an um, i loved my freshman year there it was it was wonderful
1: yeah it's a bummer about your back man because you would have played all four years both sports
0: yeah yeah for sure um you know and just one of those life things man and it just you know uh i don't know i'm kind of a mindset person you just all kind of you know what's your what's your mindset and you know i didn't sit around and suck my thumb and feel sorry for myself right. i just tried to figure out the next thing and you know um so yeah it all i think it all worked out in the end you
1: can't uh you can't uh be the victim because life is no good when you're the victim and so yeah you got to figure out how to move on and and manage what you got
0: yeah and you know again i you know if i don't get hurt i never go to auburn if i don't go to auburn you know who's to say i end up coaching if i don't end up coaching i don't End up at VMI. <laughs> don't yeah. end up at VMI. I Don't meet my wife. So, you know, a lot, a lot of goods come from a, from, from baseball and just a, a lot of, a lot of kind of life happening. So,
1: all right. So, tell me about some of the kids you've coached that are. Uh, is it anybody in the pros yet?
0: Oh, I had a lot of guys that between VMI and Western Kentucky that played professional baseball, um, got drafted and moved on and played professional baseball. Uh, in some capacity, some for a year, two years, three years, whatever. Um, and then we've had a number of guys from collegiate that have gone on to play uh, uh, college baseball. Our first drafted player from collegiate was Evan Justice, who was drafted two years ago at NC State. He's their closer right now. I think he's five five and one with like or four and one with. He's got great stats. He's been phenomenal, and he's up to ninety-eight, and he helped, oh. he helped us win a state championship, and just a tremendous athlete, competitor, and even better kid. And the the family, Brian and Michelle, are just they're amazing people.
1: Uh, what was he throwing in high school? If he's throwing, 90? he was
0: 84, 88. You know, that's, mo- now, that's moving in high school. No, absolutely. Now, they'll, you know, they talk about all the the, the spin rate metrics. Where old people like me just say, "Hey, the ball's got good life to it. The ball really gets on you," and you know he'd throw even in high school if he was throwing eighty four, just guys never got good swings off him, you know. So his fastball played up, and uh, you know, so he, you know, if he on days he was throwing eighty eight, it looked like ninety three. Oh yeah. And but now I mean he's coming out of the pen now. He's been up to ninety eight this year, and. Uh, you know, he's sitting kind of 95 to 97, just throwing the crud out of Where him. is he? NC State.
1: He's at NC State, Yeah, and he's going to be a junior?
0: Well, he's a COVID junior. He's getting ready to graduate. He's in his fourth year. Um, last year of the draft, I don't know if you follow it, but it, they basically knocked it down to five rounds. So, he wasn't in the five rounds, but he got a lot of calls. But he didn't want to sign as a free agent because they put a minimum on the free agent, what they could sign for. So, he went back to school, and I think it was a great decision for him because they're having a great year. He's having a great year, and he'll get drafted this year and move on. and 98, and when I was playing, was otherworldly. The hardest guy I ever saw – excuse me, faced was a guy at Tennessee named Wyatt Allen. It's a funny story, actually. So, I'm pinch hit and I got a broken back. You know, Coach Barrett gets me a pinch hit AB. I think we're beating Tennessee at home. I think it's on a Sunday. Uh, he wouldn't have. Yeah, he might have been their Sunday guy. Doesn't matter. I get a pinch hit AB. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Awesome. You know, I get up there and first pitch he throws is an elevated fastball. Well, last time I checked, you know, even if it's 90, if it's elevated. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Right. It's 97. It's up in the zone. And I, I mean, the ball's like in the catcher's, the catcher's throwing it back before I even get my swing off. Right. And I'm like, holy smokes. You know, I mean, I'm bat slow. My back's jacked up and I'm like, all right, this is going to be interesting. Well, he did me a favor. The next pitch, he throws a change up, mm. speeds my bat up, and I hit a single up the middle. Why did he do that? Great question. <laughs> Who's calling pitches? Who's calling pitches? Yeah. If you just read my swing, you're like, this guy slow twitch six four yeah you know just 19, seven, got blown away hey, just, just throw him a change up just, here. Just, just do the same thing you just did
1: two more times and
0: two and more times we're, we're moving right on. maybe yeah I got no shot
1: I mean I appreciate you mixing it up but you don't really need to yeah, I mean
0: <laughs> maybe you know maybe was, you know I've been, I've been there as a coach hey let's just see what it looks like let's wait, so he can get a, get some work in you know right and then, you know, it's like, hey, I don't, don't call that again. That was terrible. So, oh, anyway, hey, I got a single. But that's the hardest I've seen, and the thing looked like an aspirin. I mean, I couldn't even see the damn thing. No shot.
1: It's crazy. Quick story. I caught a guy who threw 94, 95 Legion Ball. And uh, I'd never caught him before. I, I didn't typically catch, but for some reason I was the only guy who could catch that night. And he threw a fastball, and I'm like, I don't understand how the, a ball moves this fast. And he, he messed my middle finger up. He only pitched two innings. He throws a curveball. I know it's coming. I called it. He accepted my sign. I know what's coming. He buckled my knees on the on the uh, curveball. It was unbelievable. So these guys in the pros throwing 102 now, I, I don't understand.
0: We that. had a first-rounder in, in my class at Auburn um, that uh, Chris Buchek. And he got he got some cups of coffee in the big leagues, but he was kind of he lived in AAA a lot with the Angels. He was an unbelievable talent. He was out of Indiana, six five, righty, super athletic. And you know he was a mid mid nineties guy. I think he was usually our Saturday starter. And uh, speak to your point with the breaking ball though. He threw me. He he had a, a what a lot we'll call a cutter right? So like right. cutter slash slider, whatever you want to call it. And he threw it, you know, upper 80s, 88, 89, even 90. And it's the best breaking ball I've ever seen in my oh, life. Is in an inter-squad. And I literally, I'm a left-handed hitter, and he threw the thing. I thought it was a fastball middle in. And I go to start my swing, and it hit me in the back knee. I was it just say. smoked me. <laughs> it just, the you know, it was out of the same plane as the fastball. It was a late break. It was just. Yeah, it, what do you do with it? Yeah, it hit me in the knee, and I just kind of hobbled down first. <laughs> so,
1: Oh, man. Uh, so when you pitch, were you a power pitcher?
0: For high school, yes. For okay. college, no. Yeah, I yeah. mean, if I was a power pitcher, and yeah, yes. Short answer, yes. In high school, um, you know, I didn't have good feel for much other than I just threw fastballs, and I, I like to think I was pretty competitive. So I just kind of and you
1: could throw them for strikes.
0: Yeah, relative. I don't think I threw. You know, I didn't walk a guy in any, but I wasn't like, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, pinpoint accuracy. I just competed with what I had. And, you aren't Greg Maddox. definitely not (laughs) definitely not
1: cool so uh, tell me about next season what are you looking forward to you think you're going to be competitive and beat uh, Tony's crew
0: I haven't beaten Tony and I told him this at some point because we're on state committee meetings all the time and you know he was very courteous and kind and it's was like I didn't realize that and I was like yeah you probably do he definitely does I haven't beaten him since I think 2018 let me get my years right I'm sorry I'm trying to think when Evan graduated. Evan had one start against him, Evan's senior year on our field, so that would have been 2017 on our, on our field. And we've had some really good games in between, but uh, they've, uh, they beat us three years in a row in the Final Four back in 17, 18, and 19. Of course, we didn't play in 20, and they beat us twice this year. Um, I'm excited about our group coming back. Uh, you know, I can't speak. Tony's got a really good group coming back too. He loses some really good players, but he's got some really good pitching and some some dudes. They'll be really tough. Um, but no we will uh, we'll return a nice nucleus of guys. You know, we got to keep developing some pitching. you know that'll be a biggest game changer for us is how much some younger guys can develop over the next year on the mound right Because I feel like positionally we'll have a really good group. Everybody will be a year older. They got a lot of experience this year. Um, so, you know, I, I'd like to think we'll be better than we were this year, but I think time will tell.
1: Yeah, uh, I think Collegiate, when
0: I played, uh, beat us a lot. Yeah, good. Well, yeah, it had not been the case since I got in there, so. Oh, well.
1: I, I, uh, I, I've i only gone back to see one game. Uh, it was the state championship game where they beat Trinity Episcopal, I think, I don't know, 10 years ago maybe, 9, 10 years yeah, ago. That
0: would have, yeah, because I coached a couple of kids off that Trinity team. Uh, Matt Jammer who coached, uh, pitched at VCU really good lefty Stuart Brown played at Randolph-Macon mm-hmm. right up here yep great kids really good players and uh, they had a kid named uh, gosh uh, Tyler Johnson who's in pro ball from mm. Trinity who pitched at South Carolina oh wow and was throwing 100 miles per hour his junior year at South Carolina holy cow <laughs> yeah so taller uh, guy yeah he was 6'3 athletic yeah um, and he I don't know where he is in pro ball I forget I think he's with the White Sox but wow yeah um, yeah, a heck of a team.
1: Yeah, uh, private schools. Like, what are they called now? Independent schools. Yeah, yeah. Uh, independent schools have really good uh, talent these days.
0: It's tremendous. Yeah. I mean, if if I took over the last thirteen years, the amount of Division one players that are coming out of the it, the prep league and beyond, the Visa schools, right. Division one and Division two, it's it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's. I was thinking about it the other day. It was, you know i graduated in 1996 and and we won a state title my senior year and we had a lot of good players i mean nick jackson was a third round draft pick <clears throat> all-american at richmond and we had a lot of good players i mean we, i think we had six division one players my senior year and in, in the lineup um but i mean competition wise who we were playing i mean it just looks a lot different now i think just just more athletic you know, just better players. I mean, I don't, I don't. We played good teams, but it wasn't like it is now.
1: Yeah, I, when I
0: played, it was
1: uh, maybe two or three really good kids, and right. everybody else was just kind of out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you think about like, I'm thinking my senior year, like, all right, how many guys that see throw 85 or better It's probably like three. Yeah, you know, um, and now it's, you know, when you're facing St. Christopher's, I mean, their their lefties going to Pitt, their righties going to VCU. They got guys in the bullpen that are D1 commits. You know Benedictines got That's Jay Wolfick throwing ninety five. You know they got a kid named Connor Handy throwing ninety one. I mean, they it's just it's amazing. It's great for the sport though, and the cool thing I think with baseball in our state is you just got so many good men leading these programs that are just good people. Yeah. And you know you got great players led by great men, and so it's made for a lot just fun. Uh, healthy competition but just a lot of respect going around I think amongst all of us
1: So I don't remember that many kids throwing in the low to mid 90's and even in Legion Ball back in the 80's and 90's, is it just repetition and kids are just getting working out smarter working out better uh, doing it more and so repetition is part of it, I I don't understand that many kids throwing that hard
0: Yeah, I, I don't either and I think you know I think there are more kids thrown with better velocity than ever. I think there's, you know, better training methodology. There's more kids in the weight room. I mean, you know, I didn't really lift a weight in high school, mm. um, you know, didn't do it. It didn't, you know, didn't have a, I mean, maybe a little bit, but not a whole lot. Um, so I think just between training, uh, access to professional training, um, and just just, you know, the overall athleticism piece um, between the weight room and the coaches and coaching they're getting and then more of what you to your point you know more of the year rounds yeah um, of course throwing year rounds not going to guarantee that you throw 90 but if you're a pretty athletic kid with a loose arm with some hand speed right you got you a better chance if you're training and working at it more yeah um, for sure so All yeah right. but there are you're, you're right there are a lot Lot more, lot more arm strength than, 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 you know, fifteen twenty years ago going around for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, there was one kid who threw in the mid eighties, and he was like, he was unique. He was the only one who was doing that back right. in the day. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I'm going to bounce around again. Tell me about how you met your wife.
0: Uh, we were, co- oh, we were. I was coaching at VMI. I just finished my first year. She was teaching. Uh, she's from Buena Vista. Um. And uh, which is east of Lexington, if you don't know where it is, about six miles east of Lexington. She was teaching and coaching at uh, Perry McClure, her old high school, the Fighting Blues. And um, she went to Virginia Tech. So she was back home. And our, jeez, I think it was our volunteer coach at the time, uh, was, was dating her roommate. Mm. So just, you know, mutual friends kind of met. And kind of hit it off, and kind of rest its history yeah. after that. So um, now you got three boys with her. Three boys. Um, you know, she's my best friend. Um, just abs- absolute blessing to meet her, and the family we've created, and um, you know, we, we have a lot of fun together. So we what, really do.
1: did you say Did you say her name,
0: Samantha? Samantha. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then what are your boys' names?
0: Uh, Will, Jake, and Sam. All right, nice. Yeah, Will's 16, just started driving, so he, he feels like a big boy now. Jake's 13, and uh, Sam is 11.
1: And they're a lot of fun, but they're different, I'm
0: guessing. They are, but uh, they are and they aren't, you know? I mean, they've definitely got some Slater boy in them. A little, got a little bit of a meathead streak to them sometimes. <laughs> you said that I didn't say that. Uh, it's, it's all good. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're they're definitely all boy, but they're unique in their own ways too. And uh, I like to think that you know we're raising good kids with good values. And they're you know they're they're certainly not perfect, but I think uh, I'm I'm proud of them for sure.
1: Yeah, uh, you and I were talking about your dad before we started recording. Tell us how uh, your dad's doing these days.
0: He's great. He's a rock star. Um, you know on a on a daily basis, amazed by his energy and you know like 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 I was telling you, I mean he's you know he's uh you know pretty much full-time retired but still goes down to the office sometimes he's still working a lot uh on various boards and whatnot but i mean he loves to go up the farm he's up there three or four days a week and uh i mean he's i'm just amazed by his energy and kind of his he he can't sit still and he he's got tremendous work ethic and i like to think that uh You know he and my mother's kind of approach to life and working hard and being fair and being honest and kind of bled into his kids which is my sister and my brother and myself and you know we try to maintain some of those same kind of core values and you know just uh but he's yeah he's a rock star man like I said he's up up early on the farm working and out in the 100 degree heat and I'm hoping to be up there this weekend and yeah he'll be out there cutting hay and doing all sorts of stuff so is he still strong he's strong he could whip my tail <laughs> i'm not gonna mess with him
1: and he and he's he's a spry 76 yeah yeah, yeah. no doubt he i mean he's a he's a big guy i remember his, him as being a
0: he, he ain't little that's for sure he, he's
1: so, solid yeah like head to toe
0: absolutely yeah i mean he was he was a great athlete he was a he was a track guy and football guy he played football at vmi and running back and linebacker and just uh yeah he'll he'll run through you you know, we had a lot of good. Uh, I was probably kind of a kind of a. Uh, I probably wasn't a good finesse basketball player because how he taught <laughs> my brother and I how to play basketball. You know, I mean, he would go for a layup and he just kind of hip check you <laughs> into the fence and tell you to go up strong. It was
1: basketball and rugby. on. Yeah, exactly. It was
0: a lot more rugby. <laughs> it's like that's a foul. It's like doesn't matter. Go uh, up strong.
1: You versus your brother, one on one.
0: Oh when Lord!
1: When you were both in your twenties and thirties, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, so he would tell you this, and he would take a lot of pride in it. I'd never beat him in a one on one game. You know, we're nine and a half years apart, so, you know, I'm 17, 18. He's 27, 28, so we had some real doozy of battles. And, you know, I'm 17, 18 playing high school basketball. And, you know, I mean, I'd get up, you know, play to 11 by one, right? You know, pretty standard operating procedure. I'd get up like 9 to 2, and I'm feeling good. He would just drill me the rest of the game. I mean, just, I couldn't even get a shot off until he got to a point where he just beat me down physically so bad that he would win 11-9. to 9. Well, He
1: was letting you uh, get ahead like that? Or, no, no, no. But I he wouldn't let you win. He
0: wouldn't let me get a shot off to win the game. And then, you know, his famous slimes. He'd just, he'd just look at me and go, hey, go to bed a loser. <laughs> I just always remember that. So now I play my kids in ping pong. You know, dad of the year. It's like, hey, go to bed a loser. Love you.
1: That's the Slater thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Sorry, kids. Oh,
1: man, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I I played all three sports with Tommy. He's a year ahead of
0: me. uh,
1: He was a very good athlete.
0: He was, and he's incredibly competitive. But, you know, going back to my wife for a minute, since we're talking about competitive, because I I like to think I was a decent athlete that was competitive. I'm not nearly as competitive as my wife. Mm. She was an unbelievable volleyball coach. I mean, she took the Perry McClure program, and they were in the – you know, state tournament and winning region region championships, and and it was hilarious, because I guess at the time we were dating, and then we were engaged, and they'd go like 20 and two on the year, and she was in such a terrible mood when they would lose, you know, and I'm like, if she wasn't know, like that, I <laughs> lose baseball games all the time, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm good, I don't bring it home, I've learned enough, you know, I'm like, I'm good, you know, we'd kind of wash it off in the shower, and like, move on, right, and uh oh man, she'd get so grumpy and surly about it, and uh, she's incredibly competitive I mean even now I mean she works out all the time so she's always competing and it's it's good I like that though
1: well the 20 and 2 season probably becomes a 14 and 8 season if she's not like that sure absolutely yeah. no
0: doubt no <laughs> doubt
1: are you competitive with, with each other Do you compete at anything around the house
0: Uh maybe not really I mean I don't know. She, she loves to work out, but I'm like old man workout guy. So I'm like on the elliptical doing my thing and she's doing like kickboxing classes and oh, all that man. good stuff. So she gets after it and you know, I'm more like, I'm good. I'll go over here. I don't want to cycle today. <laughs> no, I don't want to cycle and put a put the, put the bike on whatever tension thing you, you're doing. I'm like, I'm good with that. You know, kind of, I got that out at no, I get earlier I, age. I, 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 get <laughs> I get it. I get it.
1: Hey, so uh, when you're not coaching at, at Collegiate, what, what's the rest of the year look like
0: for you? Uh, like work-wise? Yeah, or, uh, or in general. Yeah, so um, when I first got there, I was only in the athletic department. Then I phased into the middle school. I work in student activities in the middle school. I still have a small role in the athletic department as well. Um, so that's kind of my day-to-day, like eight to three, and I'm involved in various activities. I don't teach in the classroom per se. I'm an advisor, boys' advisor for eighth grade, I run all our uh, academic activities, fine art activities, kind of manage and organize those on a daily basis, and then just kind of have my my hands in a lot of stuff, kind of day-to-day logistics. Um, And then sport-wise, in the afternoons, I coach all three seasons. I coach JV football, middle school basketball, varsity baseball, and then I do year-round baseball training at Rocket. Um, You're busy, man. Yeah, we're, 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 we're hopping around a lot. Um, I like being busy I mean I like to think it's part of my dad coming out of me yeah um, I like being busy and you know part of the coaching piece too is like you know my kids are already at school at practices or they're involved in these different programs already so I mean it's like you know I don't I don't mind you know I'm already gonna be there waiting on Jake to finish middle school practice I might as well coach JV football while I'm there right right you know Um and I enjoy coaching, so. And I like coaching other sports, you know. Um, obviously, baseball's my deal, but I like, I think from an all-school perspective, it's good because I get to learn and meet so many different kids, yeah. you know, that I might not know otherwise. That's why I really like being an advisor, you Yeah, know? I get to meet so many different kids that maybe I wouldn't have a relationship with.
1: How many kids per class at uh, Collegiate?
0: Well, in a pre-COVID world, you're looking at, you know, 18 to 20 Seventeen to twenty um, this year. I think the max, dependent on the classroom, but it was like twelve. Mm. So you know, we had a lot of paired proctoring where, you know, this teacher was in this room teaching this group this week, and in the other room is me hanging out, make sure the Zoom's set up, and she's talking to that group. Right. And I'm just trying to stay out of the way and not confuse the kids. So
1: yeah, uh, no, I get it. How many kids per grade?
0: Uh you know it's grown I'd say on average 140 Oh wow. Um 65 to 70 boys and girls per 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 class. Yeah. Um which has grown I think you know when I was there years ago it was probably more like 120 so it's got it's gotten a little bigger.
1: So I haven't seen the Collegiate Baseball field since I played on it a long time ago uh and there was a those weird wooden picket roll up fences. That was the, the outfield fence back then. Did oh, you play, yeah. did you play with that?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think we I think we did away with those. Somebody probably got impaled and we uh you <laughs> yeah. probably ran through the fence, they, didn't they, you? They,
1: they, see, they seemed uh, dangerous.
0: Yeah, and uh I think we went to like more of a standard snow fence okay back then. I even feel like maybe freshman sophomore year we didn't even have a fence. Because like, I, I was too slow. I couldn't hit a triple, but I hit a few triples in the prep league. You know, you go to, like, VES, and you just hit a ball in the gap, and it's like
1: well, – let's St. Chris was the same way. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I remember hitting a ball at St. Chris that I thought I absolutely crushed, and the center fielder, you know, who knows how many feet he was. It probably went as far as I thought. But at the time, I thought I crushed the ball. Yeah, he was yeah. just sitting there like <laughs> – you know.
1: He's probably standing behind where the fence would have been. Right. If, if they had a fence. I like to think so, at least.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. But now, of course. But you were, you were a lefty. I was a switch hitter, I was so, a switch hitter. I didn't start hitting lefty till I was, I did a lot, I, I played a lot of stick ball as a kid growing up, you know, and I started messing around with it when I was probably 14 or 15. But I didn't in a game hit left-handed till I think I was 17. So you're predominantly. 16 or 17. You're predominantly a right-hander, but you ended up as a much better left-handed hitter. It's weird. Yeah, I just, I, well, I'm right-eye dominant and I had a lot better swing. My righty swing was kind of flat and, um, my lefty swing, I just had natural lift to it, um, and just I just had a looser swing. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Just my swing worked better.
1: Yeah. Uh, St. Christopher's Field, you loved it being a lefty. Yeah. But the road was right there. No,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But our field at Collegiate now, Robbins Campus is off campus, five miles west of the academic campus, Moreland Campus. Um, and Sam Newell Field is – I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's We're so – fortunate to go out there every day and practice and to get our work in and to play games there I mean it's got a green monster in left field oh that's so cool you you get the pine trees in the background it's beautiful
1: I I should go check it out it's it's really
0: worth your time honestly
1: proper dugouts and the whole thing
0: yeah it's beautiful yeah it's awesome
1: and St. Christopher's actually did some upgrading too.
0: their facility's great I mean the facilities going around the state are really good I mean a lot of schools have put time money and resources into making these facilities nice that's great yeah that's awesome well,
1: Andrew's great talking to you, man. It's been—it's right at an hour when we talked about an hour. I appreciate you joining us, and uh, please tell your family I said, "Hey."
0: I well, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I talked baseball and, and family and life all day. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great having you, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scodoprodcast.com.